0: Gravity Falls, creep into the non-animated world. It's the Gravity Bros Podcast. I am Alec, this is my brother Lou, and thank you for bearing with us as we took a week off, or I guess a bi-week off, because I was moving, and uh, don't worry, I am still in Oregon per the Gravity Falls rules for this podcast, Uh, but uh, moving's a lot, so uh, I figured I would drop the Halloween episode from last year for y'all, and hopefully y'all enjoyed that and had a lovely Halloween. Oh, Halloween was so fun. You know, I ended up, I don't know if I told you, I ended up getting the Hell of a Boss uh, episode on uh, out on Halloween. Oh, well, that's incredible. Uh, Lou, of course, referring to our YouTube channel, Jester Bros Cartoon Theater, where we do reaction videos. And one of the cartoons that we cover is Hell of a Boss Has Been Hotel universe, for those of you that are familiar. Yes. Yeah, I think Has Been Hotel was quoted on coming out in March of next year, so I'm excited for that too. But that is very besides the point. Yeah, no doubt. Even so, I had a great Halloween season as well, even though I'm not uh, the biggest Halloween person. We did so many fun fall things. I watched so many spooky little cartoons. Uh, Part of that was because of the Discord. Um, The the Discord that's in the description of our episodes. We have a lot of awesome cartoon fans uh, that watch cartoons with us, and we did a bunch of watch parties for Halloween. So if that sounds like the kind of thing that's fun for you, I definitely recommend checking it out. We have a Gravity Bros channel to talk about this podcast too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's not Halloween anymore, but check out the season. It was great for me all the time. Well, I know it feels like it's been a while, but at the end of the last Gravity Bros episode, we talked about how things were about to pick up. And then you and I privately were like, wait, oh, this is the unicorn episode? Maybe they're not about to pick up right now. And- After watching it, I decidedly do think that in fact they did pick up. This is like a big Catalyst episode. Uh, I agree. I think it ended up being more picked up, so to speak, than I was expecting. I suppose without spoilers, let's just get into it. Yes, let's get into it. So, creepy intro. Uh, Dipper and Mabel are sleeping. Uh, We've got Princess Levicorn in Mabel's arms because she loves unicorns so much. They're great. Buy my uh, 42 accessories. That's that right. That line got me. <laughs> I think Dipper had something in his arms too that was written and I, I did not grab it. I should have. I did. Well, you did? The Sibling Bros, which is a hysterical title. The Sibling Bros in the Telltale Fable of the Unstable Table. Whoa, that's literally what we do here. Dude, I, I think it was a, I think it was a reference to like the Hardy Boys and uh, the the Treehouse books, those old Treehouse books. Oh, Magic Treehouse. Yeah, because those ones always rhymed. Um, so I thought that the that the rhyming scheme was based on that, and then the sibling bros was like the Hardy Boys, which is okay, also very funny. It's like kind I, of like a mystery novel, very up Dippers Alley. Very much, and I loved the Hardy Boys growing up. That was one of my favorite book series. I don't know if you read a lot of them. Um, I didn't do the Hardy Boys, but I did do the Treehouse series. Okay, I loved that one too. And uh, my wife uh, my wife loved um, the uh, Nancy Drew series as well. The one well, that was sort of the opposing actually, Hardy Boys. I'm kind of lying. You know, I didn't actually read a book for real until I was in high school because I just cheated. Whoa, this is a big information. Hold on. Yeah, Uh, I I, I was so salty about people trying to force me to read because I could read just fine. I just didn't like being told what to do. So I just uh, lied and like cheated for like six whole years of schooling. Goodness. All right. Well, this is the podcast where we learn a lot about uh, what Lou (laughs) has maybe ambiguously done in the past. So. (laughs) Uh, but then I, I started loving, re- I loved reading, like I read all the time. I'm constantly I'm reading Siddhartha again right now and I really love it. I love reading. Uh, that I only did that to best the school system. And actually I would say that most of getting good at school is getting good at random systems that have no mark of your intelligence and just your adaptability and thoughts of scheduling. Well, uh, that entire last 15 seconds was the most Lou thing that's ever been said. So uh, congrats <laughs> for that. Uh, back to the other siblings uh, <laughs> that we're worried about here. Um, we So we, yeah, we see that Dipper and Mabel are asleep, but also Ford is asleep. And Lou, if I could just yes. remind you that Ford is in fact Stan's brother. And that's going to be <laughs> easy for you in this episode because Grunkle Stan is barely there. This is a heavy, heavy Ford episode. Yes doesn't matter which name. Damn it, I kept writing Stanford every single... I literally wrote Stanford every single time in well, my notes. You are correct. It is Stanford, but it's shortened oh. to Ford in the, the content a lot. So Stanford Pines. And then technically, Stanley Pines is Grunkle Stan, but he went oh. by Stanford because his identity was faked. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's why it gets very confusing. Everybody, I know this show really well. That's just... It's just... This is... it's. Terrible for someone with a brain like mine to keep that straight. (laughs) It's very reasonable, honestly. Um, (laughs) So Ford, he's dreaming of being in a cornfield by a ship. And Bill Cipher, our favorite triangle, appears as a crop circle before appearing and multiplying and just this awesome metaphysical scene ensues yeah i would say I, when i re- read the title for like the mabel unicorn thing i did not remember how many amazing like cr- weird creepy trippy sequences there were that had to do with bill like i mostly remembered the unicorn parts of this episode yes which by the way i'm so excited to talk about yeah me too. I, headlining story for me this is one of my favorite episodes of the show. I forgot how much I Is it? this. Oh, yeah. This was so pretty good. up there for me, too. I thought it was very good. This is some of the one of the funniest episodes that I remember. Great. Well, uh, apparently, we learn that Ford has been making, or I should say, rather, Bill Cipher has been making deals, preparing for what he calls the big day, and he tells Ford, you can't keep this rift safe forever. He says, you'll slip up, and when you do... And then everything gets wild and psychedelic again. Yeah, um, I like it. So there's some wild images that flash around really quick. It's just like the coolest sequence. And Ford wakes up. Uh, so we are very much led to believe in this moment that this is not a dream, or maybe it is, but like it is for sure a a real thing that's happening. Bill Cipher spoke yeah. to him in this dream, and Ford says, "I have to warn them. He's coming." Uh, and that is uh, how we get to our cold open. So awesome, awesome intro to start the episode. Yeah, yeah, this one was one of my favorite intros even. You know, uh, that would be fun to think, uh, not that, oh, man, I wish I'd been keeping track, but just to like have been rating the in- the cold opens for all of the episodes. Oh, that would be fun. A fun little power ranking. I, I would yeah. love to hear somebody do that out of curiosity. Yeah, same. But you're right, this one would have been up there. Uh, so after the cold open, Dipper and Mabel are looking for board games in the closet. Uh, and they find what could go wrong in the board game, which is a very clear and obvious Chumanji parody, where the last people who used the game have not been seen since. I'd also like to shout out Battle Shoots and Ladder Ships, which is a hysterical combination of Battleship and Shoots and Ladders. Uh, necro- Necro- Necronomicon- Jesus Christ. Necronomiconop, nepro- Necronomiconopoly. There we go. As soon as you said Necro and couldn't finish, I was I was worried. But <laughs> I okay. Was, were those the other two games on the shelf? Were there more than that? And then uh, oh yeah, and then shh, don't wake Stalin. Oh, that's right. That was I love that you took the notes for that stuff. So good. Those are great. Um, I really liked the Necrocon Necron- Monopoly because there's actually a million Monopoly references And the Necro. The Necronomicon is uh, an HP Lovecraft thing. So I imagine oh. that it's actually a version of Monopoly that takes place in the Lovecraft universe, and that would actually be the sickest version of Monopoly to play. Okay, see, I was totally on the "Don't Wake Stalin" train, but your uh, <laughs> Necro Monopoly thing is uh, far superior based on the Lovecraft <laughs> reference. Oh, that's funny. I hope that you can play as Cthulhu as a playable piece. I know, right? Me too. Um, <laughs> great tangent. Uh, so uh. Yeah, all that for a board game, but luckily before they have a chance to play this Jumanji, which, man, should have been its own episode. It would have been very fun to see. I literally saw that and I'm like, you know that was a scrapped episode. Like, you know that that had to have been something that they wanted to do and we're like, damn, we can't afford to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know a random uh, thing that I wasn't going to bring up if you hadn't just said that? That this well, original episode was different, but that was not the plot for it. Um... It actually was going to be a Wendy-centric episode. Um, and wow. it was going to be about kind of her and her home life. And then she gets weather powers. Is uh, oh, it, it got very, very close to being produced. That's um, so before. bizarre. Very bizarre. And at a weird time for the season, I'm sure the Bill Cipher things would have still been in there. But then the side plot would have been that instead of the unicorns. We still get Wendy in this episode, but not doing any of that. So, dang. And I wish we had more Wendy episodes, but I'm not mad that they changed it in this case, because I love what we got. Yeah, and I'm also glad that they decided to... Well, I mean, we'll get there, but I'm glad that they decided to take Wendy with them to the unicorn. I thought that was a strong choice. Yeah, and I think it paid major dividends, because I loved Wendy in this episode. I agree. That I, I was one of my notes. Great. Right. So, uh, Ford calls a family meeting, interrupts the board game talk, uh, and it... <laughs> It also not only interrupts Dipper and Mabel but it also interrupts Grunkle Stan trying to <laughs> presumably traffic little pugs across the US border. Yep. That I- seems right. I-, I don't have any like uh I- I'm a- I'm a- guessing dog fighting. That's my guess. Well to be f- he- in a previous episode he basically said I dog fight yeah. <laughs> in like lesser words. So yeah. really bad. Hate this for Grunkle Stan. Um We are constantly reminded, oh, yeah, he's still kind of a bad guy a lot of the time. Even, (laughs) well, there's a part at the end that, like, extra hammers that home, and I'm just going to tease that so y'all stay to the end of here because it's pretty funny. Perfect. Well, family meeting has been called. Everybody goes inside, and uh, Ford asks the kids, do you recognize this symbol? And they see Bill Cipher, a piece of paper. (gasps) Ford is surprised to learn they do know who this is. Uh, Dipper says, oh yeah, he's been terrorizing us all summer. I have all kinds of questions and theories about this. I'm going to just lose my mind and blow up. He also said he defeated him twice, which really means you didn't defeat him at all. Well, and as Mabel says, once with kittens and one with tickles, which also, not wrong. Not wrong. That's actually true. Uh, When Ford hears that, he knows it's serious. Uh, He he has encountered many dark beings, but what matters is that Bill's powers are growing, and no one in the family will be safe if he pulls off the plans. So his idea is to build a bill-proof shack to block the powers and basically, I guess, kind of create some kind of a force field around them. Um issue with this is that they need unicorn hair which fantastic way to set up the awesome plot for this episode in my opinion oh we we need unicorn hair otherwise there's no other way Um, and you know of course it's only obtained by a good-hearted person who goes on a magic quest and Mabel after Dipper is losing his mind and you know tearing up at the seams this is Mabel's thing like nothing that she wants more in the entire world than to go on a magical quest to find unicorn hair yeah, and she probably is the most sound of heart in in the out of the four of those people in that house. Now, and she says that. She says, I feel like I'm the most pure of heart. And they are kind of like, okay, yeah, that's true. Um, All I'm saying is, where was Seuss? Uh, well, you know what? We never saw Seuss in this episode. I know. And, uh, maybe- because they didn't want us to think that he actually would have been the contender. Well, because frankly... Mabel does sort of admit in this episode that maybe she slipped a little bit, which we'll get to. Um, but uh, she makes sure to mention that she would give her blood to take this quest before we pass off to the next scene. So that's important. Yeah. Uh, blood. Anyway, Ford gives Mabel a crossbow. Uh, he's like, I haven't been here a while. It's okay to give weapons to kids, right? Uh, Honestly, in that part of Oregon, you'd think so. We're we're at Eastern Rural Oregon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, she immediately shoots it. Stan thinks it's the cops, uh, but she disregards that and is like, "Oh, hey, I thought it. I thought it hit a car, and then someone called the cops." You. We may actually. The truth may be somewhere in the middle between that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because it was hard to tell just based on sound effects alone. Um, True. Mabel's like, "Oh well, uh, I'm gonna get Candy, Grenda, and Wendy." They gotta clear their afternoons. We're gonna go on a quest. Um, which I love that culmination of characters. Like you sort of said earlier. I'm I love that Wendy got brought in on this. Me too. Um But as Mabel runs off to start that quest, Ford says uh to, to Dipper at this point, I've dealt with unicorns before. They are in a word frustrating. This is going to be a task. I hope she's up for it. Um but Instead, uh, they don't have to worry about that. They can talk about Bill. And that is what Dipper wants to talk about anyway. And this is when... I I completely forgot about this. Ford leads Dipper down some mysterious doors and corridors within the mystery shack. Like, we get a bunch of, like, little cool contraption scenes and secret doors. Yeah. And it's wild that there is a room in the mystery shack that grunkle Stan did not know about as he explains to us. I agree. I, I think that that's actually it. really, uh, I love that scene and you're right. I didn't fully, like I started remembering it as I was watching it. Um, but it really it really felt like classic Gravity Falls in a way to me, where it's just like super mysterious, you know, like secret chamber beneath the secret chamber that we also didn't know about with even the more secret of secrets. Yes. I'm just like, God damn, this show has layers. It does. I, I totally agree with you. Like, it was so very Gravity Falls and beautiful. Um, yeah. And immediately Ford says, look, if the unicorn thing doesn't work out, because I'm worried it won't, uh, we're gonna have to bill proof our minds instead of the shack. And he has this little helmet that is sort of meant to. Uh, honestly, it's a little confusing to me. Is the helmet really meant to keep thoughts out, or is it to read thoughts? Because it clearly can do that. I think it's supposed. I, I I think it's supposed to keep. Like, not thoughts out, so to speak, though, I love the idea and have experienced somewhat of a thing that makes me believe that thoughts are a plane of existence and that we experience thoughts, but we don't necessarily create them, which is very fascinating to me. Um, But anyway, uh, Mm. so theoretically, that helmet should be on to protect Bill from surfing the wave of thought into your brain. Uh, But I think the way that it functions, it also reads them to whoever is using it in in the room, which I feel like is a defect. Yeah, that's exactly what I was (laughs) thinking. Honestly, I didn't even question it until I started going through my notes. I'm like, wait, we get all of Dipper's thoughts in a second. And and why? And why? Um, It's just the faulty, you just made the machine that way. Don't worry about it. Sure. Well, and I'll go ahead and get right into that. uh, And I'm skipping ahead a little bit. But now I want to be talking about this helmet. So... I uh, when this helmet is applied to Dipper, Ford is explaining some Bill lore, sort of, very vaguely. He's like, yeah. accounts differ through history about this creature, but he's older than the galaxy and far more twisted. Um and we saw some like little references to where throughout history bill has tried to make contact with other like historical figures and I thought that was really cool because it definitely like you know it plays on your illuminati paranoia that I'm sure some people have um, oh yeah and I'm you know it 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 made me uh it, i don't know again it played into the mystery element it felt very gravity falls and I liked that oh also I forgot to mention when they walked into the room for the first time we saw uh I, I, I kind of scanned the room to see if we could see any cool details and we saw the memory gun, but we also saw a globe that had the Bermuda Triangle outlined. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, do you feel like Bermuda Triangle and Bill Cipher could have maybe had some connectivity I- in the writing if they'd wanted to go that direction? You know, they could have. I feel like the Bermuda Triangle could also just be a place like Gravity Falls that happens to have a lot of weird phenomenon in it. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, dang. That is one... Did we talked about the Bermuda Triangle on this podcast? I feel like maybe feel we like did. I we did. I think we did at some point. I think at least we mentioned it when we were talking about, like, wormholes or time travel. Okay. Yeah, I, I think Bermuda Triangle came up, which is good because I have other uh, Journal 4 options. Of course. Today. I'm sure um, that I know what we're talking about for Journal 4 today. <laughs> honestly, there's a couple of good ones. Uh, but, there are. Um, so, so, anyway... The, he he's telling some lore about Bill. Uh, he's saying he's not a physical form. He can only project himself through thoughts, uh, through the mindscape. And this is important because he is not physically here. And we sort of learn a lot about Bill's motivation here, that his that he's basically trying to play mind games with people to get himself through a rift in a way that he is able to actually presently, physically uh, be in this uh, part of the universe, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, basically Ford says he would trick anyone to, uh, or yeah, trick anyone or possess anyone to make this goal happen. And that sort of sets up what becomes interesting about this scene later. But Ford mentions he already has a metal plate installed in his head to keep him out, but the machine is apparently safer and, and okay, so I've got the explanation here. He says it will scan minds and encrypt thoughts, so Bill can't read them. But yeah, again, it's also a defect. <laughs> oh no, no, it's it's like a it's like a VPN for your for your brain. Oh, that's so interesting. The technology suddenly makes sense. Yeah, it, like that. Actually, that actually does kind of make sense to me when we think about it like that. Um, Dipper asks ford though about the his his personal history with bill and ford's like um, don't worry about that <laughs> not important. No, don't worry about that it's fine that's my answer um something that is fun uh i did go ahead and get all of the dipper thoughts that show up in text on the screen uh cool. when um you know this helmet is on so one is i miss tyrone Uh, which is the first Dipper clone, if you remember from the clone episode. That's right. That's right. I was wondering. We have Who Stole the Capers, uh, which I guess is referring to the book from the Sibling Brothers series uh, called The Case of the Caper Case Caper, different than the book that was being read in this particular episode. Oh my god, that's really clever. Yeah, apparently he was seen reading that in a totally different episode. Uh, So... It's a really tiny little detail, and I love it. I love it, too. There, there's a continuous series. <laughs> One thought says, "Eeny, meeny, miny, you? Which is what Stan said when he made Dipper put up the signs in Tourist Trapped. Uh, and also what Bill said before he chose Dipper's body as a puppet in sock opera. So a weird reference to a, a quote that I guess was given twice on two separate occasions. Um, then we have that red bathing suit, man, uh, which I guess was a reference to, uh, Wendy's lifeguard outfit. So pool Check. On, Dipper. Oh, 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 I thought, I thought it was pool check. That makes no more sense though. This is literally Dipper <laughs> commenting on, uh, the, the, red bathing suit, uh, dude, honestly, they held back on how much stuff they could have had. This is a, what is it? 12 year old boy, 13. Yes. Yes. They held back. I guess the, that's true. They could have done so much worse. <laughs> well, I haven't finished reading them yet, but I, I do think that we're going to be safe. Oh, um, I know. I, I, th- I think that's pretty much where it stops for the Wendy, except for the obvious that they showed in the episode. Um, oh, and then he thought, I should really try out the president's key sometime, uh, referring to the president's key that Quentin Trembling gave Dipper in the treasure episode. Ooh. Uh, and that's I haven't even thought true. about the fact that it hasn't been used yet. Yeah. Me um, and uh, then there is audio and text of Dipper singing the song Disco Girl from Dipper versus Manliness. So Good. Uh, thanks for entertaining that tangent, everybody. Um, we'll have another list to read later, which I thought is also very funny and interesting. Good. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with the uh, Dipper and Ford stuff. I'm ready to talk about some unicorns. Let's do it. So Mabel, Grenda, Candy, and Wendy, the group of gals, are traveling in the forest on their mission. Grenda just wants to... Meet, touch, and or become a unicorn in her words. Um, And Candy says, hey, you can lick their necks and it's the most delicious flavor in the world. So we're off to a great start. Yeah. You know, if any of those words had been said in a different order, it would have made it a little bit more questionable. Unicorn neck licking is definitely a theme of the episode. (laughs) I hope that is taken out of context and put somewhere. (laughs) Yes, clip that everybody. Keep it as a soundbite. Um... (laughs) So, Wendy does not believe in unicorns, but she decided that she's going to go on this mission just to stop these girls from falling into a bear trap, which is a surprisingly responsible move from Wendy's part, so much to where I don't know if I believe it. I think that maybe- Oh, really? I think it harkened back to how she grew up, because she was like, yeah, I lived with literally nothing but men, and like, I I wasn't really into the unicorn thing when I was growing up, like you know, my family would have been like, you're going to fall into a bear trap if you just walk around in the forest on your own. So I that's bought a, that. That's a good point. It does kind of fit into her family background. Uh, yeah. I, I can understand that. So uh, Mabel is looking in Journal 1 right now uh, for a map of the, this enchanted forest. So nothing to look at in the published version of Journal 3, unfortunately. Um, it would be very fun if they published Journal 1 and 2 one day. But uh, I don't know if that will ever probably happen. Probably not. It's, it's a dead show at this point. I mean, we do see things from Journal 1 and 2 in the series. Like, those pages exist somewhere, so yeah, uh, it would be cool. Um, But all we get from the journal is that uh, a chant from the deep voices of the druids of old can summon these. It's like, oh man, how could we ever do that? Well, Grenda luckily comes in clutch with her voices of old. It's uh, very deep and very deep. It was a pretty funny line. It was yeah. a funny bit. I, I it wasn't my favorite bit, but it was a funny bit. <laughs> no, because better bits are coming. Uh, Wendy bets that nothing's going to happen. She literally bets Mabel. Yep, ten bucks. Ten bucks. That's right. That was it. Uh, and she is wrong because in comes this magical door from this Stonehenge looking area. I loved that it was a Stonehenge reference. By the way, yeah. I also love that it wasn't that far from their house. That made it pretty funny. Yeah, also good. Uh, Stonehenge, I would assume that most people know what it is, but it's these series of rocks that exist in England, I believe. Um, Fun fact about Stonehenge that I'll bet you didn't know, actually. You know the guy who did the song, What Does the Fox Say? Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. It's like Yvettel or something like that. Okay, YV something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. But he also did a song called What is the Stonehenge? Whoa, so maybe there's some kind of a connection, the question between what the fox says and uh what Stonehenge Ooh, okay. Well, you can know, build some conspiracies if... around that. You could. I don't know if there's a he actually isn't he he has like a whole album of silly songs like that other than just what the fox says. It was pretty interesting to look at. But one of them that I liked was what is the Stonehenge. Yes, well, because Stonehenge has a bunch of mystery surrounding it. A lot of people question how those rocks were able to be built at the time period that they would have had to exist. Um you know, you can argue whether the scientific explanations, but a lot of people say aliens. So, a just lot keep of that people say aliens. Uh, did you know that if you go there, you can't actually get even remotely close to Stonehenge unless you're on like a super exclusive list of tourism to go and like play around in the area? Uh, I did not, so I'm especially glad that I decided to skip it when I visited the UK. Yeah, you would have gotten a very far away view. It's it would have been like very out of the way for us to do it, and I knew that all we were gonna do is take some pictures. You know, I, I, I don't know. It It seemed cool in theory, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad, especially now that I know I couldn't have gotten very close. I'd rather see the Easter Island giant heads. I think that's oh, really interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. But, similar mystery, but in a yeah. very small island of Rapa Nui, I think. I still remember when when we were growing up and they like discovered that there were full bodies connected to some of the heads that were underground. And that blew my mind. I was like, that is the sickest thing. I love that fascinating yeah really cool stuff there um i love old construction that has mystery around it so yeah um but they open the door and oh my gosh it's a utopia with a unicorn uh well i don't, I don't know about know. a utopia but it's a very pretty area at least utopia is a strong word but it's meant to feel very um oh uh, man what's a good word for this fantastical sure uh fantastical i wanted to go harsher with like effervescent but to be honest i don't even know what that word means it just feels effervescent to me you mean effervescent sure (laughs) Um, but yeah it's got this mystical quality to it and my favorite thing is kind of the unicorn's voice i might be wrong here lou but i feel like you might just nail the voice of this unicorn oh my god i don't remember it clearly enough it I just bet you could... sounded like you know what it sounded. It sounded like it sounded like oh my god! It sounded like Charlie the Unicorn. Oh, okay, from that old YouTube video. Candy um, Mountain, Charlie, we're gonna go to Candy Mountain. That's the first voice I thought of doing when I was like, oh yeah, this is this is the voice. Yeah, it sounded like Charlie the Unicorn. This is very spot on. Th- thank you for going for that. For that, uh, the name of this unicorn, of course, is Celeste Celestabella Bethabel. That is right. Uh, i didn't even bother writing that because i knew i wouldn't have said it right for 16 times in a row so (laughs) she she introduces herself as celeste bella bethabel the last of her kind uh she says come in but take off your shoes uh see you're better i have a i have a thing about shoes (laughs) yes yes even you all the shoes (laughs) (laughs) thank thank you don't hesitate to just go for that as often as you want the podcast i will not be mad all right Um, so uh, Mabel introduces the group uh, to this unicorn and says, we're on a mission to lick your magical hair. Very much buries the lead in her explanation. Yeah, I uh, I just say, if that's how someone greeted me on their magical quest, I'd be like, all right, uh, the door's there. <laughs> <laughs> they already took their shoes off, though, Lou. You're really going to make them put them back Take on? Take the shoes. It's not a, it's a shoe store which he does say later that's actual right. line i did not make that up um and i'm sorry i shouldn't say they i don't believe that uh gender was confirmed um so i should mention uh oh yeah I, I did mention that they say they're the last of their kind and that's important um the last unicorn that was a reference to the last unicorn ah uh, yes uh which i found out was a rank and bass production yesterday uh, i did not know that i found that out today that was actually a pretty good movie Blue wow, that's my like mind better than everything else Rankin Bass has ever created. Yeah, I learned a bunch about Rankin Bass yesterday, and uh, that's its own podcast. They that's made hysterical. some wild stuff beyond Rudolph and Frosty Oh yeah. and the things you know. Um, the Halloween one was terrible, it was well, there, so awful. Well, there were two. There's a movie and a special. Um, I don't both, know which one I saw, but it was awful. Both with similar names, and I was dying to watch the awful one, whichever one it was this year. But I didn't get around to it. Oh, it um, was it was so bad. The Frosty and Rudolph New Year one is also just atrociously bad. But so I didn't wait, know let it me existed either. Was the Halloween one at least fun bad though, or not? Because it was I, fun. The ending was fun bad, but most of it was just bad. Okay, that's how I felt about uh the, the new year one too, but I honestly felt like it was pretty terrible all the way through. Um yeah. but it's, not to go too off on a tangent, but if y'all don't know who Rankin Bass is, look it up. There's some interesting stuff there. Uh so Anyway, the unicorn says, "Well, to receive a lock of my enchanted hair, step forth, girl of pure heart." Um, and Mabel, of course, steps up, and the unicorn's like, "Nah, a unicorn can see deep inside your heart, and you're you're not good." Yeah. Oh, you're not good at all. You're not pure of heart. I can see. Look at your heart. You're not pure of heart. Ridiculous. She <laughs> says, "Bad deeds make me cry." Uh, <laughs> and her tear killed a flower. I thought that was a good touch. This is where she's like, and she was like, "You're crushing dandelions right now. Come back when you're pure of heart." The exit's that way. Take your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, th- so Mabel is very upset. This is yeah. her worst nightmare. A unicorn yeah. just told her that she's a bad person. You just got uh, moral judgment by a unicorn. That's not. That's not a good. That's that's like that's like you walking into the fantasy novel of your dreams and being like wow, am I the person destined to go on this quest? Be like, nah, you spawned here because someone else is on that quest. Yeah, don't meet your heroes, everybody. Um, <laughs> they disappoint. So the gals tell Mabel not to worry, you know, it's that unicorn is just being harsh on you. And she's like, no, the unicorn's right. I used to be so sweet, but I've been slacking in the whole goodness department. And I want to fix it by doing so many good deeds that I'll have the purest heart in all of Gravity Falls. Cue good deeds montage. And can I tell you what, Lou? I related to this in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> because, I I, because I was also told off by a unicorn. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I relate in that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I actually, like when I was Mabel's age closer, like I did feel like my only personality trait was being nice. And honestly, no, I really, I carried that. And it's like, I wanted to be more than that, but I was very shy and couldn't really, um, I I don't know. It took me a while to find my identity as a person. Um, And now that I have more found my identity and I'm much more together than I was back there, uh, I do also look back and I'm like, am I not good anymore? Like, am I not the nice person that I... I was I because not a nice person. Be- did I become very self interested? Is a question that sometimes I ask myself. And I'm like, do I need to work harder to not just work harder, but like, is that important to me? Like, it, if a bunch of my value comes from what I think is kindness, yeah, do I need to do better for myself and for the world? I don't know. Do you support the dairy industry still? All right. Well, <laughs> I should have known, but I shouldn't have parked up this tree with you. <laughs> Hey, as long as you're consistent, like I, my friend Josh, because uh, I, I was talking to him about the environment one time. I'm like, these are the reasons why you shouldn't support these companies, because the environment's one of the most important things that anybody can care about. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about, excuse me, uh, I'm quoting, I don't give a, a rat's nanny about the, uh, the environment. Uh, I smoke cigarettes. I don't even care about my own body's environment. I'm going to pollute. I'm going to eat like, and I'm going to burn up the whole place. And when I'm dead, I won't care what happens to anybody else. And truth be told, if that's your moral premise, I have no arguments for you. I that he he was a philosophy major. He and I were both mm. philosophy majors. Um, but I, I couldn't disagree with him. I'm like, yeah, if you actually believe that, I don't have a reason why you should should care ethically about the environment and not support these companies. Like, yeah, sure, buy from Amazon, keep eating dairy. There's nothing I could there's no reason why you shouldn't if you don't care. Yeah, you know? well, cause because at least I uh... He was honest, I guess. Um, Yeah, well, he was consistent. That's the thing. It's like, don't tell me you care if you're not actually going to put in the work to care. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So maybe we should gauge by Mabel's good deed list. Whether this is all posturing or whether she really cares about these things. You can't do just a bunch of good deeds to pretend that you're good to convince somebody that you're a good person. That's even worse. <laughs> Which, by the way, is also an ethical quandary that I was sitting with. Of I'm like, at what point is this a checklist? And at what point does it come from your own heart? And what does it actually mean for something to come from your own heart? I can help I- with that one. Okay. No matter how much good you do in the world, it doesn't. F- matter anyway there's your there's your reality right so it's all a matter of you caring about what you care about and being that's why i think it's all about consistency like my whole deal is i think that the environment's important and if i really think that i need to you know put my money where my mouth is right i need to actually like do things that that indicate that i care and that i live by example you know what i mean it's, it's not because i think the world's going to be saved that's ridiculous there's no way we're terrible people um <laughs> but it has nothing to do with that. It's not about me saving the world. It's about me, you know, committing to what I care about. Um, So that's what, for me, it's all about moral consistency. And I respect people who walk the walk of what they say that they're going to do more than people who just talk about it and do the same stuff every day, you know? So am I to believe that you think that Mabel is one of those people? She's not walking the walk. I mean, <laughs> I was just quoting the unicorn um i don't know dude she's a kid she doesn't have to think that hard about it i mean she she doesn't probably doesn't think that hard about it okay that's actually a really good point you know <laughs> i think a lot of the at the very least i do believe that mabel is kind because she wants to be and it is yeah. part of her identity i um, agree pulling out a checklist maybe at that point it starts to almost feel more phony yeah um <laughs> I so, I un- think so. but the unicorn knows what they're doing here by pushing her into this direction um, but I, I don't know about that. Here is her good D list. Um, save snails. Good start. Plant yeah. a tree. Uh, See, that's the kind of stuff that I think is a little silly. <laughs> because, like, I care about the environment, but y'all, I'm sorry. Like, planting a tree is is more just like travel tourism than it has anything to do with actual sustainability. Sure. Uh, make Stan smile that's a good one I like that okay donate blood um that's probably a good thing I'm absolutely horrified of needles yeah um, so that's not one that I would personally do but kudos to those who do it yeah agreed it is it is a good thing and they need it um guide ducks I I mean sure I don't know again guess- you should should probably just buy a fuel-efficient car but she doesn't have money so I don't know <laughs> okay you ready for this one? no <laughs> Bazazzle nathan yeah that's definitely a good thing to do 100 percent. that's I, moral excellence right there definitely who is nathan <laughs> who is nathan and what is bezazzling that's what i want my earphones know. literally fell out as i screamed oh good what? you didn't need to hear what i said about bezazzling then oh no is it something that i need to time stamp so that i can go back and censor it I don't think so. It wasn't that bad, unless I feel like taking it there right now. I'm gonna not write it down. Um, Maybe maybe (laughs) it's, like, bedazzling, and not... Whoa! (laughs) (sighs) Now I need to go back. (laughs) Now I need (laughs) to know what started this thought stream. It's even funnier if you bleep it out, so I think you should. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, uh, All right. Um... Tip Susan. Um, I think that depends on your uh, opinion on tip culture. <laughs> Is that something that we even want to I... get into right now? Look... Uh, let's just before I go into whether or not we should tip in our society I do think you should just pay your workers that's something I agree with I would agree I, that's a that's a good s- spot to put it you know I know what I mean whether 100%. whether you're in if you're in a world where you know you don't tip workers and you have extra money probably good to tip the working class. I don't have that kind of money. So I'm not going to say that I go out of my way to leave big tips, no matter how good the service is, because I can't afford it. It's just that businesses recently have found a way to exploit tip culture to get more for things that don't necessarily deserve at least as much tipping as they're asking. And that's where it gets tough. And it's also not necessarily going directly to the people who are helping.
1: Um, I think
0: the idea that tips are based on how... how like how extroverted and friendly you are is kind of BS when like the working class has the jobs in America. And it's like, Oh, well, they didn't treat me nice. It's like, yeah, their life is way harder than you. You rich piece of crap. You should still tip them a ton of money if you have it. Okay. Uh, and then you get into wealth distribution and inequality, but I, exactly. Capitalism I, is the root of our problems. That's my, that's my thesis. Boy, going down a good deed list was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Ironically the worst thing you could have done. Next, old lady biz. Um, you, you know, want to comment on that one? Oh my god, you're just gonna have to bleep it out. I look, we're already this far, we're 40 minutes in. People know who you are. If anyone needs it, let's give it some to the old ladies. Uh, next, um, massage wattles. <laughs> Everyone waddles is the name of the pig. <laughs> that made it worse. That's a good deed. Hey, you know, you know, I, won't, I won't go that far. Keep going. You can't keep giving me this time to say stuff. That, that wouldn't have been funny if it weren't for what immediately led And I just, I I, it's, I, I lost my, I lost my words going out of my mouth. Um, um, okay. Sponsor clown. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm a clown. Okay, good. Uh you need money. Wait, Mabel wait, wants wait, to sponsor wait. you. I feel like I needed to specify. I do like circus arts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people that I know do too. So that that I like clowns. I'm friends with a lot of people who actually do professional clowning. And I think sponsor and we do need sponsors. That's a that's a real thing. So I, okay. I like that. I feel like that's especially good for Mabel then, because it's not necessarily it's built out of kind of a thoughtful need. It's not just going down a random vague checklist. It's something you had to think about to put that on the list, right? I would never get sponsored by Mabel. I would turn that contract down personally, but that's beside the point. Why? You don't trust Mabel? She doesn't have a company. Hmm. That'd be like a random person being like, hey, put my logo in your videos. It's like, uh, no, that's not professional. You you can't just have some rich dude who, who has a dream. You need somebody who actually has credentials. Interesting. Okay. Um, Water tulips. Good for you, Mabel. Take out the trash. Uh, I didn't hear recycling in there. (laughs) Wash Seuss. I think you should ask if Seuss Seuss wants to be washed. (laughs) I think consent is good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Scratch waddles. (laughs) Waddles needs to be off this checklist. Also, that's her pet. That's not a good deed. That's just stuff you're supposed to do if you have a pet. Waddles. I know who Waddles is. <laughs> no, I know you do. Thank God. It's just... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. Polish Tyler's boots. <laughs> wait, wait. We do know who Tyler is. We do. Get him. Oh, okay. I don't think that that's a good deed. I think that's a waste of time. He recently became mayor. Even less of a good deed, even more posturing. Great. Um, Abolish the Electoral College. Yes! Let's go! (laughs) Now you're speaking my language! Come on, Mabel! I hope you cross that off! Ooh, good deeds indeed. That's so good abolish the electoral college is a great answer dude oh my goodness as long as you replace it with something if if corporations just start being the electoral college that's probably where that would go if you don't have a good backup plan clean gutter um that's probably a good thing it's a good thing for the family good household i i got nothing to say no jokes with that one that's that's a stand-up stand-up choice great uh polish the shack floor how many of these are there on this list? There's 37 more. Jesus, more? I'm just kidding. I'm oh, just kidding. okay. We're about we're about there. We're the Polishing the shack floor. As long as you leave a wet floor sign and someone doesn't break their neck, I worked for a hotel, so that's something I actually think about. Um, all right. This one changes the uh it changes to past tense. It says mowed Dan's lawn. So I guess Dan's lawn has already been mowed. Um, well, actually, they're all. She's They're like, I did this, out. so I'm writing it on the checklist. They're all crossed out when the the list is um on the screen, and yet uh, we have one that's written in the past tense. I just thought that was weird. And perhaps grammatically incorrect, at least be consistent. Yeah, uh, definitely not a good one for that reason. Lou just talked about philosophical consistency and moral consistency. How about grammatical consistency? Can anybody get on board with that for me? Wow grammar has nothing to do grammar grammatical consistency is just a way for the work for the upper class to try to demoralize people without an education to feel like they have any worth i knew what i signed up for with this conversation um mabel (laughs) also later writes down sharpen Stan's pen fill a honey jar knit seuss a scarf and brush a cat did i hear sharpen a pen that is accurate yes okay well that's gonna break the pen so that's not a cool thing to do what was the next one Um, right as I get away from it, um, it was a fill a honey jar. Oh, I like that one. Save the bees. That's right. I hope hope that's saving the bees and not just like invading their territory and stealing all their honey. Uh, knit Seuss a scarf. I think, uh, I like that one. I know Uh, Seuss would like that. Yeah, I don't know if he would want to be washed, but no, um, I I don't know. I I if I if some if some kids ran up to me and were like, "Hey, can we bathe you?" I'd be like, "Get out of my house." <laughs> uh, then we've got brush a cat. That is absolutely a terrible idea. Do not touch cats. Cats will let you know they will brush themselves on you. Cats hate that. Do not mess with cats. That is an evil thing to do. Okay, so you're going to hate me. I know I just said that we were at the end. Uh, Apparently, there were a bunch of good deeds planned in production for Mabel, but they ended up cutting them from the final cut. And we have to talk about these. Oh, my God. Uh, Some of them are fine. Changing a car tire seems nice. Depends for who. Uh, Giving an apology letter to Gideon for putting him in jail. Unnecessary, I think. Unnecessary, but honestly, that's a really sweet thing to think about. Like... Hey, like you're a villain, but I'm not trying to like ruin your life and that's what the criminal justice system does regardless of if people's crimes are valid for being for people being mad. True. Uh how do you feel about paying somebody else's parking meters? That's a super homie move. Wow. Super good. That's that's uh, the best. Wow. That is, that is like literally you are Jesus. <laughs> saving Lazy Susan's cat from a tree. You know, I feel like I read recently that if a cat is in a tree, it's because it wants to be there and it doesn't need help getting down. I have no idea if that's factually accurate, but it maybe could make sense. I mean, uh, I feel like there's a line, right? I don't know, yeah. I would think sometimes the cat couldn't get down somebody's going to need to save it. Yeah. Um, But uh, writing an apology letter to Pacifica about how she started that rumor that your butler picks your nose for you. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that probably is warrant of, warranting an apology, especially if they're cool now. That um, is warranted of an apology. Filling Seuss's cabinet with cereal. Oh, that's... See, I, I think that... I don't know if I just need money, or... But, like, I feel like all of these things where you're just, like, buying food for people and, like, oh, paying wait. parking meters, all those are hitting for me. No, that's an apology. <laughs> Sorry, Seuss, I filled your cabin with cereal. Oh. Oh, like... What? What? <laughs> 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 Questions that can be had. Uh and then there's also an apology for chasing after a garbage truck for the plastic bottle she didn't recycle. Wait. Okay, maybe it's not an apology. God, I'm lost. I'm out. This has gotten too far in the weeds for me. She um, should she should apologize, not to the garbage people, because they don't really care. Uh they're just they're also just the working class and are just there to get paid. But uh I don't know. Recycling actually doesn't have that big of a deal. You should probably just not support Amazon if you actually want impact. Because your dollar goes a lot further than the individual choices that you make in your household. Whoa. Um, yes. We, we. Not that your point's not important, but I also just read that when Mabel put the two snails on the plant for one of the previous good deeds, they were promptly eaten by a dog. Uh, huh? Huh? And on a list of bad things she did, uh, which maybe was also cut. She writes that she brushed Waddle's teeth with dipper's toothbrush which is horrible oh very unsanitary Dude, that unicorn might just be straight up right maybe mabel's not the best person <laughs> <who is. laughs> it's a pretty bad one um okay <laughs> that was the longest and most worthwhile tangent that we've ever been on that's so funny yeah now we all know we're, we're we we're loose stands ethically on a whole bunch of very bizarre topics sorry in advance for the runtime everybody um also most of those were jokes but the few rants i went on about spending your dollar wisely actually care i care about (laughs) indeed so uh mabel goes to the unicorn after all these good deeds and uh like you said the unicorn says no because doing good deeds to make yourself look better isn't good at all um and basically the unicorn says it's not my fault you're a bad person and they all gaff mabel cries and runs away that was pretty funny it's Um, not it's not her fault The unicorn uh, does a three o'clock pose in front of a rainbow in dramatic, very funny fashion. Um, And uh, you know, Wendy candy and Grenda are like, stop caring about the unicorn. Um, And uh, Mabel says, it's not about that anymore. Uh, I just feel like if I'm not a kind person, like if being kind is who I think I am and I'm not that, who am I? Uh, Again, identity question that I related to it's, Fair identity crisis. Yeah. Um, And she won't leave until she feels like she will be as good as the unicorn and asks them to leave her alone. And this is where Wendy takes the group to a huddle and says, listen, Mabel's like the best person I've ever met. Uh, If that's not enough for this unicorn, we got to stop doing it the unicorn's way. We're going to go with the Wendy way. Um, And that is violence. Yo, can I just say, I did not remember this scene, and this had me rolling on the floor. This was so funny. (laughs) It was so good. Um, Candy's like, oh, Mabel's not going to like that. Uh, And, you know, Grenda's uh, okay with violence, I think. But Wendy says, we don't need to tell Mabel. We just got to stop being perfect, be who we are, crazed, angry, sweaty animals. We're not unicorns, we're women, and we take what we want. I love it. Uh incredible scene. Um, and then they go to the gnome bar, which looks like a Moisesley cantina for gnomes from Star Wars. And they... I'm just going to say it this way. They, like, have a shady meeting with, like, a dealer-like figure and have a sort of deal for fairy dust. Yes. Uh, it's so... All of it's amazing. So, first of all, the bar is called Gnome Man's Land, Uh, I didn't notice that. That's hilarious. I already love that. Um, And they, I think the deal is that this, they they find this really, you know, sketchy, tough looking gnome. And he's willing to help with this task they need. They need the fairy dust. But unfortunately, butterfly trafficking is illegal, but he really likes butterflies. They tickle his face and make him laugh. That's such a questionable line so questionable there's uh, so many reasons so he wants a bag for butterflies in exchange for fairy dust and uh they do very quickly succeed this gets yada yada real fast i don't think they had time to properly explore the collection of the fairy dust um <laughs> well i mean they didn't need to he didn't no they did they did because they just collected the butterflies for him he's the one with the fairy dust oh right 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 you're right um, and grenda says where do you even get this and he says people like sausages but they don't want to know where it comes from yeah, don't want to see how it's made. And Grenda goes, you disgust me. <laughs> and he's like, you've got your poison, I've got mine. We made a deal. And, and I she- would just like to say, and then they reveal that they were narcs the whole time. And they arrest <laughs> the guy. They brought it, they worked with the police. And then they found out, then we find out that the police made a deal to get half of the fairy dust from Grenda. And I would just like to say, that is not a cool move not at I, all i knew I, you were gonna hate this so i much. hated that i'm like <laughs> Narcs, how dare you go into this gnome's place of business and and i i was like i i terrible get 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 out the list tear it up terrible oh my goodness um <laughs> Yeah, th- this was very funny. Uh, even though I knew that you were going to hate that they, Terrible. they screwed this poor gnome over. Uh, he helps them. Um, I also want to know... Um, I want to know what this fairy dust does. Um, sounds like something I would have figured out in college. Yeah, I think... Maybe so. Uh, so, anyway, the police say, save it for the adorable owl dressed as a judge. <laughs> Random throwaway line that I I loved. Um, so anyway, the gal sneak into the unicorn door while Mabel is thinking up these deeds. And, and do you know what the unicorn says? I don't. I don't remember. I just okay. remember Grenda chloroforming a, a fawn. That is true. But first, the unicorn is just like sort of talking to themselves, like, "Oh, sure. I wish I could travel, but it's just not feasible in this economy." Yo, that's literally me. I loved that line. <laughs> And I I don't remember that, but I relate. (laughs) Not far after is when they knock the unicorn out with fairy dust. And yes, Grenda gives chloroform to a fawn playing a pan flute. Uh, (laughs) Uncalled for, I would just like to say. Yeah, what did that thing? What did the fawn do? It was literally just sitting there. It didn't do anything. This whole operation was very, very suspect. Yeah. Um, that was one of so, the sketchiest moments in all of Gravity Falls history. This, like, <laughs> two, two and a half minute scene. So, so very like, hysterical. Um, so, Wendy uh, gets ready to cut the hair, but Mabel storms in to say, this is wrong. And, of course, the unicorn wakes up at the moment that Mabel is holding the scissors to try to save them. Yeah. Uh, and unicorn's like, oh, I see what's happening here. You'll never be pure of heart. Um, and that is when two other unicorns come in. And say, see beth which is what I should have called her from the get-go. Are you really pulling this pure-of-heart scam again? And they just totally, like, throw uh beth under the bus. Like, listen, humans, unicorns can't see, can't see your heart. They can just glow, point toward the nearest rainbow, and play rave music. Yeah, and also the rave music that they play out of their horn. I'm like, that's lit. I want to be a unicorn. That is so cool. I feel like you could party with those unicorns, even Dude. if they were kind of jerks. I feel like I would have definitely hung out with them. I mean, not not that one. Not the one that they've been talking to the whole time. But those other ones with the rave horns? Yeah. All right. Sounds cool. Uh, well, apparently this is just a line that they use to get humans to leave them alone. Which is not totally unreasonable. Uh, I didn't think that was unreasonable at all. I'm like, dang, we we have that coming. We got that way coming to us. Yeah, 100%. All Uh. So Mabel is bad, though, um, because she does feel manipulated. And the unicorn definitely laid it on really thick. Uh, and uh, she's got this notebook that says Mabel's sins. Uh, in this. So I guess that was maybe among the things that she That's thought were fair. bad deeds. Maybe she was um, going to go to confession. So, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> See, Beth admits that uh, the secret of the unicorns is that they're jerks uh they have more hair than they know what to do with and they keep it to themselves to keep humans away and what you're gonna do about it she taunts mabel who punches the face of the unicorn that was so funny i i, I cannot believe we got to see mabel punch a unicorn That that's just <laughs> like so epic Grunkle stan energy too I-, I feel like that was a little bit of uh oh, mabel yeah! stan you're right you're right And uh, that is when we get the Unicorn Wars uh, to call back the movie that you referenced earlier. It's unicorns versus humans, and uh, they fight. You should not watch that cartoon. I think you... you, The last Unicorn was what I was talking about. Unicorn Wars is a whole thing. You're right. You're right. And I've also heard from multiple people that I would not like it. So I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It scared the crap out of me a few times. Wow. All right. That's good. Uh, So... Anyway, we had all this unicorn plot, but meanwhile, we still have Ford and Dipper. Um, Ford is sleeping, and Dipper, with his helmet on, he's starting to wonder, why is Ford being so mysterious about Bill Cipher? Why won't he tell me things? So we hear Dipper's thoughts, because he's wearing the helmet, and he's like, hey, use this machine, it'll show you his thoughts. The more you know about Bill, the more you can help. Uh, and, of course, Dipper talks himself into it and even thinks to himself, I'm so good at rationalizing. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> so good. Uh, and, yeah, Dipper being able to just talk himself into something by literally talking to himself, major Dipper energy. Makes Very a lot of clever. sense. Very clever. Very yeah. clever the way they did that, too. True. Uh, so he does decide that I'm going to – he wants to check Ford's thoughts. Um, and immediately – In this monitor, we see that he made a deal with Bill at some point in time. Uh, And I think it was Bill that said, call me a friend. Um, And uh, Ford wakes up. And with these creepy glasses and the helmet, he sort of creeps up and is like, you shouldn't have done that. And for a hot second, if you are a new Gravity Falls viewer, you might be wondering, oh, shoot, is Ford a villain? And it could have been a big plot reveal right there. Well, it's funny. I didn't think, even re-watching this, I didn't fully remember what happened. I knew he wasn't a villain, but I was like, wait, is he actually possessed by Bill right now? And I just forgot. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Like, oh, is this like a, tr- I, I literally, even having seen it, I'm like, wait, was this a trick of Bill to try to get Dipper to like erase his mind? That's yeah, what I well, was thinking. And that's what Dipper thinks. And he's got to make a choice really quick. <clears throat> and you know, it seems threatening. He's got the memory gun and he's like, I will erase you right out of Ford's head if you take another step closer. And Ford does take a step closer. Like a Uh, dumbass. Yeah. So he uses it and um, luckily it bounces off the glasses and in fact, it is not- it, it, it bounces off the steel plate in his head. He explained it later. Oh, well, he said that If it hadn't bounced off the glasses, then it would have done that anyway. Um, Oh, okay. Because, uh, you know, he was basically protected. But Dipper was worried because he's like, dang, I could have literally erased your memory. And Ford's like, no, 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 you couldn't have. And maybe that's why he was comfortable stepping closer. Um, But uh, even so, all very suspicious. Um, Ford does admit uh, that, yes... Him and Bill Cipher were friends, or at least he thought that they were friends once. Uh, We get the backstory. And uh, I kind of like this. I feel like it doesn't properly explain why this was hidden from Dipper. It seems like kind of a stupid thing to hide, in my opinion. Um, Just because he's saying my whole justification for uh, preparing you for bill's tricks is because i was tricked feels like if you're trying to prepare dipper that's some really important context for him to know in my opinion yeah i feel like maybe before you started reading each other's minds in a memory machine you could have like just had a nice conversation yeah it's not that hard to explain that he was tricked by bill maybe it's embarrassing a little bit but um i mean to be fair he's been out of the human world for a long time he might have just not figured out the social cues Yeah, it's possible. Actually, we get a lot of clues, I think, uh, or uh, I guess evidence in the uh, show that maybe Ford is not the best at taking up social cues, and not everybody is. Um, I kind of like that. It's a a character trait. I don't even want to say a character flaw that makes him a little bit more interesting as we get to know him. Yeah. Uh, We do get his flashback um, about him meeting Bill. Uh, You know, he hit a roadblock on his Gravity Falls investigation until he heard, or until he found some incantations in a cave about a being with answers. And those incantations, they warned him not to read, uh, but he was desperate and sure enough, read it out loud. Later that afternoon, he had a dream where Bill Cypher showed up and introduced himself. Just a nice little triangle with top hat. And the way they animated that dream sequence was one of the sick, it wasn't very long, but it was one of the sickest animations I've ever seen in the show. Like he's sitting outside with all these awesome aspen trees and then he falls asleep and like, the 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 like little knobs that look like eyes on them like literally turn into eyeballs watching him and he starts walking through this like space like void and uh, it was very 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 cool I liked it I loved it too um, they play interdimensional chess over tea and basically the way that Bill Cipher tricks him he says that he's a muse and he's chosen one brilliant mind which he does every century to inspire. Um, which is a very easy way to get to Ford. And frankly, this is a trick that Dipper would fall for, too. And I felt like the similarities between them in this whole episode, honestly, were palpable. I agree. It was very, very... uh, The parallelism was really good in that. And so, I, yeah, here it is where uh, he said that research could be complete with... This rift, you know, and he's sort of feeding these lines to Ford that, oh, you know, if you get this rift, it's gonna give you everything that you're looking for in your research. Um, and that seemed to be working until McGucket, uh, or formerly Fiddleford, yeah. uh, his old assistant, uh, actually got to see what Bill was doing and it just messed him up in the head. Um, you know, is like the feeling of having an experience that you know, it was way too much for your mortal eyes, and now you're never going to go back. Which we saw before um, that yep. this had happened, but we didn't exactly understand what it was that happened. Um, so anyway, Ford had shut the portal down, which was the link to Bill in the World, and he tried hiding the instructions so no one could finish Bill's work. But, uh, you know, Bill's been waiting for the gateway to open. He's got time. He's an interdimensional demon. And, uh, you know, basically warns that this could be the end of the world if Bill gets what he wants yeah it was a great sequence, I really liked it yeah, agreed, and uh, all that completes they sort of have a nice moment and in comes Mabel just with her eyes dilated and covered in unicorn things and uh, the whole group is there and they clearly went to battle with the unicorns we don't see how it went but we saw how it ended, and that's with a lot of colors and they got the hair well, and even funnier than that, they're like, we got, we got the hair, we got eyelashes, we got all this treasure, and that, just because they wanted us to leave. <laughs> Incredible. All so, right. we, we, it seems like, uh, it seems like they did a number on the unicorns, which is pretty hysterical. Yeah, so even though Dipper and Ford's, uh, machine didn't pan out, um, because I believe the machine was destroyed, which I didn't mention, uh, in that conflict, yeah. uh, the unicorn hair plan did work and they are able to successfully build a force field around the mystery shack um we we do get a moment where stan bursts in when he hears that treasure is there he just shouts money actually specifically uh that was right after mabel read the line that i was going to mention from earlier in the episode uh she was like i learned the valuable lesson that re- that morality is relative and that's when he breaks in and goes money and grabs it and runs away Okay, you're right. That's very important to clarify. Thank you. Uh, and also an incredible scene. Uh, all right. So, oh, I, I should mention the after credits were actually vitally important to the episode this time. Yes. Indeed. Um, so we see them put the shield up and we see Bill Cipher say, oh, as long as they're inside, their minds are safe. Um, so I guess I can't possess anyone inside the shack. I'll just have to find my next pawn on the outside. And we see just a flip through of a bunch of Townsfolk of Gravity Falls without an answer. And it's a great cliffhanger to lead us into the next uh, couple episodes. It really is because it gives the viewer watching for the first time a real like sense of horror. Like, oh my God, they really might get anybody next time. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I'm going to say it with Journal 3 really quick. Uh, there is an awesome 28 page section at this point in the book where Ford has gotten the book back and he decides to write about his time um, traveling dimensions and a bunch of the experiences that he had. Oh, and we talked is, about that one. Well, no, this is like um just a long, long brand new section that comes right before this episode. Um, oh, okay. I thought we and- talked about the, the different dimensions stuff that he wrote in there in a different episode. Yeah, it could be. I I don't know if it was the exact same section. I felt like it wasn't, but it's worth a read. It's not something that we could cover in detail now. Um, We do get a Mabel section because she gets permission to write about unicorns in the journal. Yes. Uh, And she learned six things about unicorns. Their horns play rave music and not even the good kind. Barely danceable.
1: So they disagree
0: with you on that one, Lou. I thought it was a good song. I mean, I only heard a clip, but... Yeah. Mabel disagrees. She's... I mean, I wouldn't say there's any. Okay. I... <laughs> You're ready to say there's no good rave music on the podcast. Look, you go to raves for one reason. <laughs> I'll just say that much. I, I'm not a fan of rave music or raves for what it's worth. I um, like them both under the right context. Uh, So number two spends like two hours every morning putting on lots of makeup. And I bet it's not even cruelty free. That's, That's uh Mabel's ironic. Commentary. Yep um they say super mean and catty stuff oh my god yeah sorry never mind i was gonna i was gonna go on if you actually care about animals you should also check your cosmetics for animal testing sorry go ahead yeah well mabel's on it um say super mean and catty stuff celeste bell of Bethabel called wendy stretch and told candy that she was pretty but not tv pretty what the heck wow (laughs) these unicorns are they suck i i like that we're getting more evidence that they suck um pretty funny or, as it turns out, necks just taste like horses' necks. Not good. So they, they took a taste. I a would purpose. also just like to point out that that means that they actually fought horses. And horses are scary, so that's a pretty huge win. Yeah, and they, they were begged to go away by said horses with horns. That's pretty uh, scary. These are sentient horses. Horses are scary when they're not like that level of... I mean, so horses are sentient, but... I see, I see what you mean. It, that they could also, like, talk to you and... Uh, yeah, and... they've got, like... Like, problem-solving abilities, presumably. That's pretty scary. That's like a Velociraptor that can open doors. True. Uh, they're way judgmental. The only quest Celeste Bethabel makes, you go on, is the one to recover your self-esteem. Wow. Uh, and last, the only magical thing about Celeste Bellabethabelle was her rainbow blood, which was discovered when she was punched in the face. Yes. So, unicorns have rainbow blood. Um, I'll, bet, I'll bet you if you kept a little bottle of that rainbow bloody you'd be able to do something with it. Their weaknesses are punching in the face, teamwork and grenda. So wow. uh, Thought that was a fun little tidbit. Uh I'm also gonna read the ciphers here. I'm doing things a little bit out of order. Um because I want to get through the episode (coughs) content. Um we actually we had a bunch. Um so there is one end credits. It reads A simple man with eager ears may trust the whispers that he hears, which I feel like is a teaser of the character that Bill is going to be brainwashing. Yeah, I think was the very last frame before the episode was over was also Grunkle's face upside down. I was wondering if that might be. Oh, it's interesting. Um, yeah, maybe it is Grunkle Stan, but no, because then that wouldn't be the Mystery Shack. Uh, Honestly, I forget. Um, it's been long enough that I don't remember who's going to get brainwashed. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't either. Um then uh the cryptogram on the episode's end page in Cypher's game he needs a pawn be sure to know which side you're on. Um a little vague. Cute. Um <laughs> there's one in the episode that is simply reads black and white. Um that's under the site or yeah I, I guess that's um Okay, I, I can't even really tell where that is but it's hidden somewhere. Um, and then we have one on a stone wall, uh, in the cave that Ford found. It says, it started with bad dreams, which became nightmares. I was foolish. I wanted answers. I painted the symbols. I said the words, when gravity falls and the earth becomes sky, fear the beast with just one eye. Uh Uh-oh. Are you, is that you? It is. Uh, I'm going to take a pause. So, bro, who gets your points this episode? Uh, did you finish, uh, with the ciphers that you wanted to go over? Yeah, that was the last one. Okay, cool. Um, I forgot about points this time. I remembered it halfway through, but then I forgot it towards the end. Um, I wanted to give, uh, one point to Wendy because I loved Wendy's role in the, uh, thing. You know, actually, I think I'm going to give two points to Wendy because Wendy was on the right track that entire episode. Um, and the way that she, now, the fact that she wanted, hold on, hold on, hold on. you write that down the way that she wanted to be a narc i don't know i don't know i mean that was all of them that was all of them and i feel like my points are for sure coming from that group no matter what i'm giving mabel two points okay because she at least wasn't a narc (laughs) and she at least wanted to try to abolish the electoral college that's a pretty good move Uh, yeah, I, I gave two to Mabel this episode because I related to her a lot. And I also gave one to Wendy because I thought she was a really awesome friend and came in clutch. Um, I I didn't really care about the narc thing. I just, I really loved Mabel in this episode. Like I I laughed. You'd be a narc. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in the same way. Um, but, uh, journal four, I think we have, I, I mentioned Stonehenge. I think that this is a unicorn discussion though. Um, do you, or do you feel like one is particularly more interesting to talk about than the other? I mean, I think, well, I mean, we know Stonehenge is real, so technically that one doesn't count. I think um, the idea that Stonehenge place. was created by aliens is the real question regarding Stonehenge. Oh, really? Is that the main, that's the main theory that's running for most people? I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, or at least people wonder like, oh, did something mystical cause this? It's not possible for humans to have built this structure. Um, hmm, hmm, that's tough. Do we, I, would you rather do unicorns? Cause I feel like unicorns is the one for the episode just cause the, the episode is so unicorn centric. Yes. But I don't know anything about unicorns. I don't believe that unicorns are a cryptid. Let me put it that way first. Like, okay. I don't think that there's people that are claiming that unicorns are real. And I feel like journal four, most of the point is to talk about things that, are potentially real like people say there have been sightings yeah so like if if i google does anyone believe in unicorns i put them in the same camp as dragons i don't know if anybody really believes that dragons were real maybe some um let's see i'm literally just straight up googling does anyone believe unicorns are real and uh we'll (laughs) go from there wow that's not a good google search who taught you didn't you go to school who taught you how to look up things on Google? Look, I just need to know if any people believe in it, because that is the grounds for whether it's worth discussing or not. That's not how you find that out. No, this is an EDU that the belief that unicorns are real and still roam the Earth today is something that many modern civilized people do believe in. Well, I mean, okay, sure, but that... Civil, just the fact that it says modern and civilized makes it a sus citation, in my opinion. It isn't should, dot .edu. Um, that doesn't mean anything. It's Ohio State. I mean, it, it's like, uh, it means enough to worry. I'm not just reading a conspiracy blog. You know, there's uh, people who believe it. That's all I need to know to put it in journal four, right? We don't have to believe it. We can say that this is the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard. But look at more... mythological origins of the unicorn. That's a better way to cite look at that citation. Again, I don't care about that. I care about whether there are active people in the world that think that unicorns are real. You're talking There's about people that think everything is real. Well, you might have- I don't care how very... civilized you are. There's so many dumbasses out there that believe you might anything. Ha- you might have a good reason to give this a zero. Um if you feel like you have the evidence, but it doesn't change the facts that unicorns are apparently encrypted. Okay, I'm looking up the actual origins of the unicorn because that's how that's what matters to me. Okay, so you see, what if the origins are mythological, but there are still people that believe that there's actual evidence of them existing as well? Does that mean anything to you? What people believe means nothing to me ever. People are stupid. But all of Journal 4 is bound based on what people believe, right? We've given plenty of things zeros and ones because we feel like there's no way that they're real. People believe in jackalopes, but it makes no sense. No, I think them being popular is is different than just, like, a person believing in them. You mean you think the belief being popular that they're real is different than one nut job out there who thinks that it's a real thing? Yeah, like, the reason, like, people believe dragons are real, too. And and it's just because they're so, those are just, they're just popular in mythology, right? So people want to believe it and they sort of create. I mean, wait, but right now we're talking about whether we think that they're real or not. Uh, what All I'm trying to figure out is, does this belong in Journal 4? And I feel like there's enough here to say, yeah, it belongs in Journal 4, but we may not rate it highly. Okay, well, th- this is why this is important, though. If you don't look up, how do you define a unicorn? Um, I guess it would be like a structure of like a four legged, uh, horse like animal with an actual horn that grew out of its head biologically. See, if that's all you're basing it on, then that's easy. Yeah, probably. Just that's that's literally just a horse with a horn, right? But the early accounts from uh 400 BCE in uh Brit- British mythology say that early accounts describe unicorns as a ferocious swift and impossible to capture creature with a magical horn capable of numerous healing properties wait so is that meant to say that the mythology supports that it was rooted in something that people really believed was real um i mean i think that for history it's hard to say that because people are bad at deciphering whether something's a story or if they were writing something that they experienced true um because again this is from 400 bce so i don't i don't know if it's like those are the, I mean, according to this source, which is uh, worldhistory.org, which is not very legitimate, I will say. Um, Greek history. There's historians... a lot, dude, wait, there is a lot of stuff out on the internet about unicorns being real. I'm not saying any of it's real or correct, but there's a lot of internet stuff out there, like way more than I thought was out, well but I like would... it's the reason I wanted to look it up is because sometimes if you sometimes you'll find something that's like this is the very this is literally the fictional story where this creature comes from. Right? You know what I mean? And if that's the case then no, I wouldn't believe in it because there'd be a specific citation of like before this book was written that fictionalized this concept, these never existed. You feel me? I see what you mean. So you're even with the jackalope, you can sort of say that the root was only, you know, somebody taxidermied horns to a rabbit and then that's how it was. Yeah. Like know, we found out, out that that's just like, okay, we can literally trace a specific origin to the hoax that created that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is actually making me feel like, uh, it was probably a rumor that got spread based on someone who saw a rhino when they went to a different country. Oh, that's interesting. Um, honestly, I th- people, I- I'm going to put a call out to the audience. Google this. Google real unicorns. There's actually a lot of interesting stuff on here. Um, You know, Google it smartly. Try to use uh, real sources if you can, obviously. But um, all kinds of uh, actual information about at least the concept uh, that uh, unicorns are possibly real. Um, I'm... I'm not going to lie. Uh, the idea of something like this is way less hard to believe than many other things that we've talked about. It's a literal animal. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that it's got mystical powers or anything. But yeah, the idea that a creature such as a unicorn existed at one point. Um, I'm not saying they exist right now, but I could totally see this being a real concept. Wow, in the 12th and 1300s, uh, you know you know what narwhals are? Narwhal whales? Yes. Their horns were... Uh... Commonly sold as unicorn horns. Oh man. I, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And actually, in the art that we see in that era that describe unicorn horns, it actually makes even more sense because they look identical to what a narwhal horn looks like. Wild. See. <laughs> so of course, scammers and uh people with poor ethics for what it's worth. Capitalizing off those animals. Yeah, there was um, a series of tapestries that were also found, uh called the Unicorn Tapestries. That uh, have a bunch of depictions of unicorns in them that seem to spur more uh, popularity around the concept. Wow. Um, search for the ancient unicorn. I'm gonna say I'm gonna gonna say I doubt it. I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm 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 like just feeling uh, the unicorn likelihood for some reason. I have done no proper research. I want to say this. I just feel like of all the wild things that we've talked about, this is on the upper end of things that could be real just because it's not that crazy of a concept. There's animals that have horns. Uh, but see, to me, like, some of the crazier concepts could be more realistic because it's like, yeah, that sounds like some parallel dimension stuff. But like, oh, like, a, a, a horse with a horn? That just sounds like something a person, did. It could be. I mean, I can understand that a little bit. Because uh, it'd, be, it'd be weird to see a horse on another dimension. You know, that's that's an earth thing. You know what I mean? True. Um, but, so like a horse with a horn is too close to earth to be from another dimension, but it's too far from earthly to be real. I disagree. I think that unicorns are real. I'm going to give it a two. I think that they're roaming the earth right now, give it a, i I'm bumping it up to an eight because you gave it a two. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm giving it a 10. Unicorns are real. Everybody, you heard it here first. Alec, 2023, unicorns Alex are real. just wants to believe what the audience is popular with. That's what Lucas just learned today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't believe that our audience thinks unicorns are real. But if they did, I'm on their side. If anybody is going to th- be mad at me thinking something's not real, it would be unicorns. If a hundred people believe that unicorns are real, I am one of them. If one person believes that unicorns are real, I am that person. I'm okay with that. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, <laughs> I think that we ought to get out of here before things get any more uh, unchained. If um, there are unicorns, uh, hit me up. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, unicorn, uh, I want to know. Put it in the Gravity Bros chat yeah, uh, in Discord. All right. Yeah, this exactly. Pod, this podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Uh, you can find more of Lou and I by watching Jester Bros Cartoon Theater on YouTube. I talked about the Discord. Um, links in the description will also help you find other things that we're doing and uh, oh yeah Expedition Cartoon that's a new podcast that you should be listening to and uh, leave those iTunes reviews or uh, Spotify reviews wherever you listen it helps and thanks to Tessa Scarborough for the cover art Uh, we'll see y'all next week okay or next two weeks as I always have to correct myself now happy sleuthing peace